Hey everyone, David Bowden here. Before we start the show, we have a special announcement from the team here at Spoken Gospel. As we approach our summer film block, we're filming our final introductions for our whole project on the Bible, including books of the Bible like the book of Revelation and Chronicles, and it's going to be an amazing time. And we are almost finished funding our need for this film block, and we have about $30,000 left to cross the finish line. And we are asking you, our podcast listeners, to help make this possible. So please consider supporting our mission by visiting the Spoken Gospel website, clicking on donate and contributing what you can. Whether you choose to donate once or monthly, we're so grateful for your support. Okay, now on with the show. Welcome to the Spoken Gospel podcast. Spoken Gospel is a ministry that's dedicated to speaking the gospel out of every corner of scripture. In Luke 24, Jesus told his disciples that every part of the Bible was about him. So each week, hosts David and Seth work through a passage of scripture to see how it's all about Jesus and his good news. Let's jump in. Well, welcome everyone to the Spoken Gospel Podcast. Thank you for joining us on our last day in First Peter. We're in First Peter chapter day. five. Yes, Seth, how are you? I'm doing great. I'm yeah. excited to close out First Peter. Excited yeah. to start Second Peter next week. I'm just. It feels so, like a good day. Yeah. So as I was preparing, yes, for First Peter five, the last the last chapter, I realized something that most people don't know. Okay. That that Peter didn't write First Peter. Okay. Sylvanus did. What? I mean, he wrote it down, but Peter was the author. <laughs> is this a funny thing? This is you set it up like a joke, and it feels like a fact. <laughs> <laughs> it is a joke, but also a fact. Why is it a joke? Because Sylvanus was the stenographer who used the pen and paper to uh-huh. write down the letter. Right. But Peter or orated it. He actually he dictated it. it. I still don't think that's a joke. I think it's funny. <laughs> If you laughed at that, you are a- send an email because I don't believe oh, it. <laughs> okay, now guys, listen up. Okay, podcast family. If anybody laughed. You can't leave me hanging on this. That if I said, you know, First Peter didn't, or Peter didn't write First Peter, Sylvanus did, but on, and you got it and you laughed, please email me. I, I want to hear from you. Please email, because I don't believe it's a Go, joke. Podcast. <laughs> podcast at spokengospel.com we could ask you to email us for all sorts of reasons this is this the, the most important, important thing you can do right now <laughs> go go to spokengospel.com we have a form fill it out if it's you don't not remember. even a dad joke it's no. not even like a pun off peter's it's a, name it's a bible nerd joke Sil- sylvanus you, you it's just, just sylvanus wrote it but i mean peter was the author <laughs> it's just, it's a funny it, stenographer joke okay amenuensis is the, it's the proper term i believe you all right. Until I don't actually believe you until somebody responds. That, that, was, that, that was funny. <laughs> I think it's funny. Well, great. All right. So this is Team David. I'm calling to you. Uh, um, if, if you exist out there. If there's, if, if, I wonder if there is Team David and Team Seth out there. Email us at podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Where it's like, you know, like I wonder if there's like, man, when David talks, I really connect. Or when Seth talks, I really like it. And when the other guy, I'm just like, ah, can, uh, can could, Seth keep talking? Because David's da- really lost the plot. Could, could David please just keep going? Because <laughs> Seth is just... 
email us at podcast.spokengospel.com. <laughs> are you Team David or Team Dude, Seth? We, we have, we're on it today. We are crushing it. Um, anyway, so oh. Peter wrote this letter. Peter, but... Silvia, Sil- Silvanus, Silvanus was the amanuensis who penned it. Um, and he ends, Peter ends his letter with an encouragement to the elders, the, the leaders of his church. Yes. And to the members. Mm-hmm. And um, that's the whole thing. That's the whole, <laughs> that's the whole thing. <laughs> that's the whole thing. I was going to try to think of some like clever hook that to get us in, but he's functionally just continuing the same yeah. message. Well, a, good, a good hook is like, Okay, we've talked about this church that's full of exiles and sojourners who are suffering for righteousness' sake, navigating complex, interwoven, evil societies. Imagine if you had to lead those people. (laughs) Imagine if you were the pastor at that church. Now Peter's going to talk to them. Yeah. Because that's that's right. Very interesting. And what I love is that Peter connects himself to the elders of these churches almost immediately. Yeah. So I exhort you elders as a fellow elder Mm -hmm. and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, as well as a partaker in the glory that's going to be revealed. So he just like summed up the whole letter. He summed up the whole letter. What's he been talking about the whole time? Suffering like Christ to experience his 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 glory. glory. Yep. And he's calling them to shepherd the flock of God that is among them mm. exercise. Yeah. And he yeah. calls Jesus the chief shepherd here in a little bit. Mm-hmm. And there's an interesting thing here that I wonder if some of the leaders of this church were suffering, you know, and thought it made them second class Christians mm-hmm. where it's like, man, if I was a better Christian or if God was really on my side, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be suffering like this. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if I'm fit to lead. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, no, no. That's what makes you fit to lead. Mm-hmm. I too join in the sufferings of Christ as an elder, Peter saying, and will join in the glory. And Jesus, our chief shepherd, the shepherd of shepherds, was the preeminent sufferer. Mm-hmm. Suffering does not mean you can't lead. Right. This <laughs> is just good news. It's great news. For people who want to lead in the church. For, for Yes, because, I mean, as a pastor for 10 years, yeah. there is a degree of suffering for the sake, for righteousness sake, yeah. for the sake of the name that you do experience. And that suffering uh, can feel like it's disqualifying you from leadership whether that's because you feel like you've failed in a certain way or because um you can't lead under the weight Mm -hmm. which is i think i don't know that's what peter means here but like that's the way i felt a lot it's like i can't lead under the weight that i'm feeling Mm -hmm. and i need god yeah (laughs) i mean i'm sure and i know we hear from from our audience like i i'm sure we have a lot of pastors listening to this podcast mm-hmm. and it's like there's good news for you here in these pages like yeah that that your pastoral elder leading suffering it doesn't school. disqualify you doesn't disqualify it actually you. qualifies you mm-hmm. you cannot be a leader of the church and not suffer yeah it just doesn't work yeah yeah yeah. your suffering confirms your eldership your leadership mm-hmm. of the church mm-hmm. and if you're not suffering with christ you're not leading with Christ. Mm-hmm. And so don't feel disqualified. All yeah. suffering pastors and elders yeah. and church leaders um, and community group leaders and anybody, fa- leaders of your family. Yeah. It's, it's okay. Suffering for righteousness sake doesn't disqualify you. Yeah. So that's that's good. Yeah, we're already rolling on the good news. <laughs> on the good news. Um, I okay. think it's yep. fascinating. Mm. So this is a different note, but... The, the metaphor he uses of shepherd the flock of God among you, mm-hmm. the, gr- the great shepherd, Jesus is a great shepherd. This is not the only time in the Bible right. that shepherd or the idea of pastoral leadership, shepherding leadership is used. But I do think it's interesting that 
Peter is the one talking about mm. this because of what Peter did. Mm. So Peter denied Jesus three times. Okay. Uh, perhaps out of cowardice, uh, perhaps out of a motive, any number of motivations. Right. But he denied Jesus three times. And then when Jesus uh, finally dies, mm-hmm. he feels the weight of that. Right. And then when Jesus resurrects, Jesus comes to Peter and asks him three different times, do you love me? Mm -hmm. And each time Peter says, yes, I do, Lord. And then Jesus responds with, then feed my lambs, Mm -hmm. feed my lambs. Be a shepherd. Be a shepherd. Um, So I think it's really interesting that Mm -hmm. as Peter's rounding down this letter, speaking to other leaders of the churches, he's going back to his past to one of the moments of his greatest failures in leadership. Failures as a disciple of Jesus mm. and how that actually is the way, the path through which Jesus called him up to be the rock of the church. Yeah. And, it's really interesting. Uh, and like, uh, or his confession was the rock of the church. Yes. But yeah, uh, it's also interesting. Like he says, a fellow elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ. Mm-hmm. From where and in mm. what situation did Peter witness the sufferings of Christ? I mean, from his own seat of denial. Yeah. Like for yeah. him to say, I guys, I was there when Jesus was condemned and suffered to die. Mm-hmm. What was going on when he was doing that mm-hmm. denial mm-hmm. for him to like claim that like, that's like, a big he, deal. He was right? a witness in, to suffering. He Christ. was an eye shot. I mean, Jesus yeah. looked at him yeah. as he was being falsely accused and beaten. Right. And so for him, to, for him to throw himself back into that moment and then say the same words that Jesus said to him. So shepherd the flock. I mean, he's saying like, I wasn't disqualified and neither are you. Mm-hmm. It's just like, whoa. <laughs> it's pretty powerful. It's very powerful. It's okay. It's really powerful. Uh, um, like, and why? Because Christ suffered for him. Mm-hmm. Like, because he's the chief shepherd. Yeah. Because you, Peter was the lamb that Jesus fed. <laughs> yeah. You know? Okay. No, it's good. Yeah. Uh, and it's also interesting to um, shepherd the flock of God that is among you, exercising oversight. Mm-hmm. So uh, this is... This is this could be a touchy subject for some people. The idea of elder, pastor, mm-hmm. leader in general. Yeah, where it's like there is a biblical pattern. We're not going to get into the details uh, because there's lots of opinions around church governance. Mm-hmm. What should the local body of Christ look like? Um, well, here he's talking about there's elders. Presbyteros mm-hmm. is the mm-hmm. is the Greek word used here. Um, where we get the, the term like presbytery mm-hmm. or presbyter or presbyterians, yeah. which is a reference to how their churches are structured. Um, but regardless of that, there is oversight mm-hmm. by leaders in the local body of the church. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll get into how they're supposed to lead. Mm-hmm. But like, it's just like, he just kind of drops it there. Ah. Uh. It's just like, as okay. An assumption. Like, yeah, as an assumption. Of so course. You're, you're exercising oversight. It's like, why? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. and does, I don't know if I, I'm like trying to see if there's a thread poking uh-huh. up off the sweater that I can yeah. pull. Yeah. And it's like, does that have anything to do with what has, Peter's been talking about mm-hmm. so far that you've got these exiles who are, are out there navigating this world and they have been told to leave their old life behind and live a new good life, to suffer well, do good. I think it's interesting that throughout the letter so far, people in authority have been seen negatively. Oh my gosh, yes. 
go, yeah, go back to the household code section. The household code, it's the slave master, the mm-hmm. husband, the king, the yes, ruler. Yes, those are always been the, the... pagan powers. Yeah, those have been the ones who don't believe, who are part of the yeah. other kingdom, and they're going to hurt you. And then even when he kind of spiritualized it, he talked about spiritual authorities and sp- evil spiritual powers. Yeah, the Nephilim. And the, and the Nephilim. Like, yeah. So like leaders throughout this book mm. have been painted negatively uh, yeah. so because for they're the to, ones yeah. persecuting Right. So for him to turn then, every time he's talking, you know, spoken truth to power, <laughs> right? it's to say like, yeah, you're the evil ones in power mm-hmm. and my good little lambs are going to shame you by mm-hmm. their good deeds. So then he turns to the elders and he says, shepherd the flock, like exercise oversight. Yeah. So what's the way to be a godly elder, mm-hmm. a godly leader when all other leadership examples you have are... Yep. Abusive, yep. are painful, are demeaning, are right. yeah. wrong. It's like you, you have to be a leader who has a different citizenship, who lives yeah. in a different world, who te- who is a part of a different story, as we've been mm-hmm. talking about all throughout First Peter. And so he says, exercise oversight, not under compulsion, but willingly, as God would have you, not for shameful gain, but eagerly, not domineering over those uh, in your charge, but being examples to the flock. Yep. So don't like don't lead under compulsion. Don't do it because you have to. Yep. Lead willingly. That's what God wants. Don't do it for shameful gain. Don't do it to get get rich or gain power or put people under you. Do it eagerly. And don't domineer over those, but mm-hmm. instead treat them as like your children, your mm-hmm. your lambs in your in, in your care, like tend them. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, it's interesting just to think about the, right. the elders as the opposite foil for right. I mean, I I know we would not be the only people listening to the Rise and Fall of Mars Hill podcast mm-hmm. as we're you know recording this one, and the whole podcast is about the failures of church leaders, right? The failures of leadership in general outside the church. This today's episode has a reference to like failures of leadership in basketball teams, oh. like, like like there's just leadership issues, domineering leaders, right? Um, leaders who are in it for the shameful gain mm. for the popularity right. for the promotion for the platform are kind of everywhere yeah so how are we supposed to lead um it's really a live issue totally and i just i'm just really my as i as the more i'm thinking about this passage i'm like my gosh like speaking to leaders mm. as leaders to continue to lead when all other leaders have improved themselves incompetent or um evil yeah it's like a very tricky position to to put yourself in. Yeah. So like, I mean, a question I have, yeah. I, I have a an answer here in verse yeah. one, but like the rhetorical-ish question mm-hmm. I want to ask is, okay, then if leadership's such a live issue, right? and it clearly always has been, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. you have to assume with what he's saying here that there were leaders of his churches who were domineering, mm-hmm. working under right. compulsion and doing it for shameful gain. It's like, God, it's terrible. Uh, so you had bad leaders there. How can anyone hope to be a good elder, to be a good pastor, to be a good leader? Like, how do we do that as Christians? Mm-hmm. If the snare of leadership so far in Peter as a, as a husband, as a, uh, as a master uh, or a business owner, mm-hmm. you know, or as a leader of a principality or a nation, if all of those are just tarnished with mm-hmm. pitfalls and sin and evil authority structures, mm-hmm. how can any of us hope to lead well? How can we, David? <laughs> That's a question. Uh, I mean, it's just like it. You do it as a witness to the sufferings of Christ. 
If you in your leadership aren't suffering for righteousness sake, but instead find yourself padded and comfortable and cloistered off, you know, is like that should be a wake up call to you that if your leadership leads to more comfort, less suffering, Mm -hmm. then something's probably off in your equations. I think the the word to stand out to me in that is willingly and eagerly then. Mm -hmm. I think the temptation for me as a pastor was always like, it's always easier not to lean in yeah. to other people's sin, to other people's issues. Like it's hard. Yeah. It's hard to lean into the cor- that, the correction that that guy really needs to have. Right. It's easier to sit in my office and write a dope sermon. Yeah. That's way easier. Yeah. And it doesn't make me suffer. In fact, I love it. You yeah. Know? <laughs> it's difficult to be an example to the flock. Yeah. Right. Um, Live your life right in front of them out loud. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I wonder if he like sees that as a type of suffering, mm. leadership as a leadership in this way as a type of suffering, suffering for righteousness. Yeah, right. I'm yeah. leading, you know, and you assume if they're doing it eagerly and not domineeringly, they're doing it for righteousness' mm-hmm. sake. Mm-hmm. And as leaders of a church who's already being persecuted, the leaders are going to be persecuted all the more. Right. So they're literally suffering for righteousness mm-hmm. just by the simple act of being an elder. Yeah. In these churches, and so yeah, I think he is. Um, doing that and i just think today it's like if there's not a resonance there mm-hmm. you know between your leadership and jesus on the cross mm-hmm. there's a disconnect that yeah. leaders suffer that's like it's become so watered down with like lead like christ or be a servant leader or mm-hmm. wash feet you know like it's so hard to connect now with how yeah. diluted that idea has become um that yeah, Peter I, just kind of kind of comes across scathing a little bit. <laughs> yeah, even I, though it's meant to be comforting. Right. It's, yeah, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's meant yeah. To be very comforting. He, uh, he yeah. says it in the second. He says like, clothe yourselves all of you with humility towards one another, for God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. And mm-hmm. just thinking about the priority of humility. Yes. As a leader, most generally, but also the way that Jesus's death and suffering is described as humility. Yeah. What is truest humility? What is humility in its truest form? It's dying for your people. Yeah, definitely. Right? Definitely. Um, Elders should be the first one to die for their people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, and I'm, I'm also thinking like, there's also this, uh, cha- verse four has, a, has another impetus for a good godly leader. When the chief shepherd, Jesus, appears, you will receive an unfading crown of glory. Like, so many leaders lead for the glory of the moment, for the glory of what mm. they're leading. Yeah. And it's like, and that's going to skew your leadership, mm-hmm. right? Because you're going to end up doing things for shameful gain. You're going to be domineering because you're trying to move the ship mm-hmm. in a direction of your glory. <laughs> yeah. But if you keep the day of Jesus's return in your head, and that's what you're working for, it's going to put things in perspective mm-hmm. and you'll make different kinds of decisions to be a different kind of leader. Yeah. It's interesting. It's super interesting. Um, um, what's the good news for leaders? Yeah, then? I was about to say, I was going to say, well, first off, there's the example of Christ, yeah. right? That Jesus is God in the flesh and is the head of the church. It's not the Pope. Right. I am not making a Catholic Protestant yeah, thing right. here. They would agree too. The Jesus. head of the church is Jesus. Yeah. And so like, and yet the chief shepherd, the head of the church suffered and died for our evil in our unrighteousness mm-hmm. and like that is the good news like that we have that kind of leader at the head 
like that. And I think the good news for leaders yeah. and for members mm-hmm. are that no matter if you feel like an inept leader, maybe the suffering's too hard, mm-hmm. or maybe you've messed up a lot of times as a leader, maybe you have been domineering. What hope do you have that you could finally be a good leader? It's because you're being led mm-hmm. by a chief shepherd who was not afraid to suffer because he knew that he would receive an unfading crown of glory. Yeah. Jesus is your head. You can follow him and he will lead you because you're in his flock. Yeah. And then for members, it's like, how could I ever submit to the church again? How could I ever be a church member again? Every leader I've ever met in the church is domineering and for shameful gain, manipulative, mm-hmm. chauvinistic, whatever you want to call it, hurtful. Mm-hmm. How could I ever be a part of the church again? Because the head of the church is the suffering, loving, compassionate Christ. Yeah. He's the head. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's like so right, there's right, an invitation right. there for even those who have been hurt. Yeah. And I think this goes back to something we started the first Peter series with mm. um, about the temple of God and us being a new nation and a new temple built up of living stones. Right. You are living stones built together to form a new spiritual house. Right. Yeah. What is the church supposed to be? The temple. The temple. A, a new Eden. Oh, yes. A new place where God and man live together mm-hmm. where there are some priests among priests who mm-hmm. lead and facilitate the kingdom, yep. the new Eden. And I think it's fascinating that even here we have that same language of being subject to submissive to there is something about humble submission. That's part of the new Eden. Mm. Um, and when humble leaders and humble members treat each other the way that they're meant to be treated, the kingdom of God grows. Mm-hmm. Eden is established in a local church, in a local body. Like we can't submit because the leaders have been so bad in the past yeah. is, is a threat. Yeah. But when there's good leaders, humble leaders and humble members, that's actually new Eden. Mm-hmm. So to dismiss the idea of leaders is all evil or the idea of submitting to elders is evil is actually to deny the way that the new Eden in the church seems to want to form itself, Mm -hmm. right? Like, yeah. Humble yourselves therefore under the almighty, the mighty hand of God so that the proper time he may exalt you casting your anxieties on him because he cares for you. There's something about humility before others that is actually the consummation of what God hopes for the temple, casting your anxiety, your fears, your sins on Mm -hmm. him and him forgiving you. What's heaven going to be except the final casting of all desires and anxieties onto him, him resolving them as we submit and bow and sing about how great he is. Yeah. Like there's something in humility that, and especially in the church setting as it relates to leaders and members that ties us all the way back to Eden Mm. and the idea that we are a new, new temple with God. Like I'm just kind of riffing there. Yeah, no, I think I'm following you. Um, that, and see if I can word it a different way. Cause yeah. I think you're making a really great biblical theological connection from Genesis yeah. to now is that there's something about the way we as priests and priests among priests or elders, uh, work together, um, with each other in community to create new Edens around the world. Yeah. Um, that, that these are new Eden projects. They're mm-hmm. called the local church. Yeah. And there is mutual humility, co-laboring, but also oversight because you can't, submit to someone 
you know that's that's okay. not over you in right, a sense yeah, yeah. you know like you can but you know what i'm saying uh but i think like to tie that to what we were talking about is like we've we've talked about so much like even last week we talked about like there's this interconnected intermeshed evil in the world and it's so hard to parse those things out and a lot of people i think have been in churches that have just been infiltrated with sin mm-hmm. and been led by leaders that have have sin and right. like it's a tangly messy world mm-hmm. where there's just a lot of spiritual powers behind the powers and mm-hmm. sin within people and it creates hard situations um a, 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 but to say that like then all churches are that way or all leadership structures are that mm-hmm. way is or that the idea of leaders at in, all in general is evil yeah um is to ignore the call of Eden and to ignore the call of being priests in the world and to ignore the call of being the living temple of God. Mm -hmm. That when we say like, no, it's still the right idea to submit to good, healthy, humble elders in a local church because in doing so, we turn back the the script of broken churches. Mm -hmm. We put to shame broken churches Mm -hmm. by suffering for righteousness sake and being humble and like we can create like we can create a countercultural church not by shirking oversight and elder boards Mm -hmm. and authority but by doing it well and in christ and shirking the domineering the shameful gain right uh, and the pride yeah endemic within so many churches and the rest of the world Mm -hmm. yeah Um, so i think it's interesting that in verse five he singles out young people yeah likewise you who are younger be subject to the elders yeah it's just like man whatever peter you know (laughs) back off man uh is like i mean he's reading he's reading our mail yeah as millennials in the 21st century is it's like the young people are the one a lot of a lot of times the ones who are like i don't think i I don't know if i ever can submit to an an eldership Mm -hmm. or something right or even like yeah so that's interesting and then the and the the and the the next thing he says is submit to elders, young people. Clothe yourself in humility, because because God right. opposes the proud. He's like, if you're not willing to submit to the elders in a healthy church, you know, yeah, it means you're proud, yeah, and God opposes that. Well, you'll submit eventually. Yeah, you'll submit but, eventually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because God's mighty hand is over you. You know, right. the next verse you read. Okay, uh, that's all interesting. So- um. Yeah, anything you want to wrap up there, especially like why is all that good news or Well, I mean, I think let's let's go so what is I want to go back to Eden because okay. the next verse is talking about the prowling devil oh. in the context of humility and pride. Yeah. Um we have like if we're if we're defining the problem rightly mm-hmm. and thinking about the church correctly as a renewed Eden. Yeah. Uh, a place where authority and submission work in a way that's not domineering in a way that's not for shameful gain and it's mm-hmm. not under compulsion. We're actually, but we're still in the empire of the world. Yeah. Verse six, your adversary, the devil prowls around you like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Right. Like the threat of Eden, mm. the threat that came into Eden is still present in this world. Right. The slithering snake is now a roaring lion. Yeah. yeah. He, so resist him firm in your faith knowing the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brother throughout the world. Um, Resist the devil, his lies of pride, knowing that every 
Christians all around the world are suffering for righteousness sake, just mm-hmm. like you are. Um, because I think there's like, there's like, I'm trying to think of how to land this quite in this whole conversation about abusive church leaders. Um, the temptation is to say, well, we know how to do it better and it's not that. And we're just going to leave. Right. We're just not going to be a part of that whole system. Right. And Peter seems to be... people aren't broken. The system's broken. Yeah. Yeah. And and Peter's calling them back into a system of like submission Mm -hmm, and authority mm -hmm. that is fraught. Right. A devil is... Is there. Is there. devour the next leader. There are more domineering leaders to come. Yep. But suffering for righteousness sake being humble for righteousness sake, being humble as Jesus was humble, mm. even if it means some sort of death to you, that's happening everywhere all the time. Yeah, You're not the only ones doing it. In fact, that's the history of the church for thousands of years. And what's happening? It's growing. Yeah. It's expanding. The church is still winning, even though it's broken. Right? right. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there is resurrection and glory because of the suffering, even as we suffer in churches. Yeah, yeah, um, man. So I can't help but think of something that you put in my brain. Okay. So I want to put a footnote on this comment. Yeah, and this is credit Seth Stewart because <laughs> I know it's something you want to bring up, and I think okay. this is a good time to bring it up. Is he's talking about the devil, and he's talking about how to lead in the church, and how to submit to authority, mm-hmm. and we've already mentioned one part of Peter's past when he denied Christ. There's oh. another time where Jesus mentions a devil and mentions even submitting to authority in a sense yep. and talks to Peter. And it's when Jesus says that he must go and suffer and die at the hands of the elders and, and die on a cross, mm-hmm. but he'll be raised. Mm-hmm. And then Peter butts in and says, by no means, Lord, you know, it's not going to happen mm-hmm. on my watch. You're not going to die. And then Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. Yeah. And I just cannot help but think that Peter is trying to lead like the world. Leaders don't die. Leaders don't suffer. The king, the Messiah, isn't going to go low. Yeah. Far be it from me for that to happen on my watch. Right. And then he's like, you know who's saying that? You know who's putting that in your head and who's trying to put it in mind, Peter? It's this devil that's prowling around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. And that's the same lie that Satan is putting into destructive leaders all over the world. Is that mm-hmm. no, no, no? Leaders don't go low; they go high, mm-hmm. right? Leaders don't suffer; they thrive. Yeah, right, right. And it's like any time you've got two paths before you, and one is comfort and ease with a little bit of compromise, and the other is full-on commitment and suffering. You've got to get behind me, Satan. Moment. The yeah. devil wants you in that moment, mm-hmm. and the op and the only option to not have Jesus say, "Get behind me, Satan," to you is to go suffer. Yeah. Anyway, it's no, really I mean, intense. It's super intense. And I think another way to say it, and it's a, it's a different emphasis, same same moment, is the denial of suffering. Right. You're not meant to suffer. Yep. The, and the discrediting of it. Right. And so, yeah, so Peter did, telling Jesus, you're, it's not right for you to suffer, him mm-hmm. saying, that's a satanic lie. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. so when we are trying to figure out our relationship with churches and elders and we're like, it's actually wrong. No, no, I can't suffer. It's wrong for me to enter into a situation. I will suffer. Peter's saying that's actually a satanic lie mm. because if you don't have humble people willing to enter into places, they know they will suffer. We actually don't have a Jesus, right? We don't have a resurrection. Yep. And 
the reality of church trauma, abusive leaders, all that's true. Is real. You, there are churches you must leave. Yes. There are churches you there, must leave. There are churches that must close. There are leaders who must resign or be fired. Yes. But. But there is a redemptive path for suffering in a local church as you submit to godly and humble leaders. Yep. And it's it's Jesus saying, I must go and die. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, that's amazing. It's it's interesting to think about the mis like the the mistrust of leaders as a satanic lie, yeah, uh, or the denial uh, of suffering, or the denial of suffering mm-hmm. as a satanic lie. Mm-hmm. That it's like suffering cannot be part of God's plan. Like, like mm-hmm. if if I was doing what God wanted me to be, to do, be doing, it wouldn't be this hard. I wouldn't yeah. be suffering. Mm-hmm. Get behind me, Satan! <laughs> like it's not true. Uh, Okay, that's I mean, really interesting. After you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal cl- glory in Christ, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. Mm. To him be the dominion forever and ever. Um, you can suffer for a little while knowing who's actually the leader of the world. Right, the who- Jesus who went and suffered and died rose again and now yes. he is the one who has oversight, not over one local church body, mm-hmm. not over even just the body of Christ global, mm-hmm. but over the entire cosmos, mm-hmm. right? He has all dominion and authority, and he is the one who says, no matter what you suffer, I will confirm you, I will restore you, I will strengthen you, mm-hmm. I will establish you. Like You can trust him, yeah. and it can lead you into suffering well. Okay. And think about where Peter is writing this from. Rome. <laughs> Babylon. Babylon, the new Babylon. He calls Rome yep. Babylon, which mm-hmm. is an interesting way to end the letter for a couple of reasons. One, Babylon was an ancient city that was kind of like that exiled God's people the first, the, the first fir- time, the first time. Yeah, they and that empire no longer exists by the Roman Empire, right. but Babylon became emblematic, yep. the archetype of a nation against God's people, a catch-all for every evil kingdom. Yes. And so he is calling the new power the same. Yep. It's a new power designed to oppress God's people. Um, but there where we can, and so that, that means we can definitely expect suffering, mm-hmm. but that also means we can most certainly expect resurrection. That's right. We live in Babylon. Yep. Many churches are Babylon. Mm. And even there, God will bring resurrection. That's right. Because... Suffering for God's people is inevitable, but so is resurrection life. Mm-hmm. That's good. And you can't have one without the other. That's right. They go together. In fact, one confirms the other. Yeah. Okay. Is that First Peter? That's the book of First Peter. There we go. Well, we did it. All right. That was that was awesome. First Peter was a journey for me. Really? Yeah. It's been really awesome reflecting on this book and. Second Peter especially has captivated me for a while now, so I'm excited to talk about With it all too. All the Nephilim, and we get we get more of all that coming. More up. of all that. If 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 your appetite was just whetted with our over one hour long episode on the Nephilim last week, <laughs> just you wait. Uh, but yeah, I'm excited um, to continue to talk about uh, Peter and his community, and, and then even bring Jude into the mix. It'll be a lot of fun. So uh, yeah, thank you guys for joining us thank all you. the way through First Peter, and we will see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Spoken Gospel Podcast. Spoken Gospel creates short films, devotionals, and podcasts like this one. 
Everything we make is free because of generous supporters like you. To see our resources, visit SpokenGospel.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel. Thanks for listening. See you next week.